Hello and welcome to SimCast, the higher education simulation podcast. My name is Tony Jeremy. I'm the academic lead for simulation-based education at UEA Norwich. Hi there, my name's Lawrence Hill and I'm the chair of the HSC Simulation Group at UEA Norwich. Today, we have got a slightly different podcast planned, haven't we? Because we have today we are taking you guys on a tour of the facilities that we're working with here um, at the School of Health Sciences at UEA. If you enjoyed this video, please give us a like. Equally so, if you don't like the video, give us a dislike, but let us know in the comments why, because we're always keen to improve. To keep up to date with all things SIM, hit the subscribe button and don't forget to check that notification bell. Right, so... You're going to have to give me a couple of minutes yes. to get ready because I'm going to get the camera on the gimbal and then we'll go for a tour. Yeah, and so while you're doing that, Tony, I will just give everyone uh, a bit of an introduction and background to what we're working with here at uh, the Simulation Centre at UEA Norwich. So this building was originally built in 2006 and was set up really to be a moderate to large school of nursing and midwifery and some of the other health professions as well, like operating department practice. Over the years and uh, probably over the course of about 10 years, the, the school picked up a number of different programs, including paramedic science, um, and started to sort of really exceed the capacity within the building in order to deliver skills and simulation effectively. There were two moderate sized simulation rooms and that was starting to feel a little bit restrictive. In 2021, uh, in the middle of COVID, we were really fortunate and were uh, given a grant of £1.6 million from Health Education England, now NHS England, with a view to developing the existing structure that we have here into a simulation centre. So that has been an incredible opportunity and it's kind of prompted us really to set up this podcast and have to do lots of development work. But it does come with a couple of challenges. We've had to retrofit a simulation centre to an existing building, which has been uh, which has been a great opportunity. Um, but we've had to operate within the confines of what there already was, um, which, as you'll see from the walk round, um, comes with a few little challenges. The way we've set up the simulation centre here is organised around the premise of three different types of rooms. We've got specialist simulation spaces, which are it designed to reflect a particular clinical or working environment. We've got general purpose skill spaces, which are flexible and have some teaching uh, kind of AV install in them. And we also have debrief spaces, which are dedicated spaces for briefing and debriefing simulation and for watching simulation remotely. So I think we should be ready to go on this tour. So we're going to take you with us. I uh, hope you enjoy it. And we might meet a few um, of the team along the way. So let's go. Okay, so I'm still getting the hang of this uh, stabiliser. So <laughs> I'll try my tech. best. Yeah, all right, let's go. So firstly, you can see a bit of the behind the scenes of the, the podcast room. So this is where the magic happens. But we're now going to move through to our first simulation space. Let's go. So, welcome to Cavill House. One of the ways that we started to develop the, uh, the simulation centre 
um, when we got here was to start to build a couple of spaces that look and feel like real home environments. And as you can see from the space here, we've got a very well appointed uh, living room or bedroom, in fact. And if you come just around the corner here, this is when I start to feel just like an estate agent. We've got a, a bathroom and toilet, which is not connected, as you can, as you can rightly see. Now, this is a really useful space for running simulation for paramedic students uh, and for anyone who does any work in a kind of home setting, occupational therapists, community nurses. So it has a, a, a definite kind of feel of a, uh, of a home, uh, much more so than what it used to be, which was a student access IT lab. And the, the addition of things like the bathroom means we can do things like people collapsed around the, the bathroom or in a shower. Uh, and that's something that you wouldn't be able to do without this kind of facility. So add some depth and complexity. Something else that, we, uh, that we're using this, this space for is it's actually it's some storage for some of the, uh, the, some props. Of the, the, the props and the, and the clothing for, just to make those simulations feel a little bit better. You know, when you're running a resuscitation scenario and resus Annie has got proper clothes on instead of that classic shell suit, um, that does tend to make things a little bit better. Let's take you around to the next room. So the, the next room is an adjoining room to Cavell House, so both of those are Cavell House together. We obviously don't have a, a direct link between them and part of that is because we've had to, to redevelop an existing building so we are kind of playing with the limitations we've got within the building. So this was probably, this is probably one of my favourite rooms that we've, uh, we've developed the building. Um, it is a clearly set out as a, a living room and bed sit um, type arrangement with a kitchen. We also have space here for our dietetic colleagues to do some work. There's a fully operational hob, fridge, sink, um, and very much a kind of travel lodge style set of furniture. Um, something else that you should definitely uh, take a look at up here in the corner of the room um, this is one of the things that's transformed this from being a um, just a regular teaching space to being a simulation centre. This SMOTS install has been has transformed the place, hasn't it, Tony? It has indeed. Yeah, it really transforms how we approach our teaching, being able to do, watch things remotely in a debrief space, which we'll show you uh, in a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that install is done all over the place throughout all of the, the simulation spaces in the building. Um, we won't show you every time there's that camera on the wall, but it's a very high quality 4K camera, high quality camera, HD, HD at least, camera, yeah. um, with a pan tilt zoom function. It's the same kind of cameras that were used on One Born Every Minute and 24 Hours on A&E. Uh, and there's also a, a decent sound bar in the ceiling to record the conversations uh, and to be able to transmit those to the other spaces. We better keep moving. You really do sound like an estate agent. <laughs> okay, so the next room we're gonna show you is one we're particularly proud of, is our skills drop-in center for our learners. So this is an area where learners can come practice their skills outside of their normal day-to-day -day working. So this is the end of the day, so everyone's turned all the lights off. Okay, yeah, so, so this is the, the drop-in skill center. Um, really nice space to be able to bring students into or for them to come in themselves. That was one of the big draws of, of converting the simulation center was it enables students to come in and practice the things that they want to do, the skills that they need to do when they're you know, preparing for OSCE or generally just trying to keep on top of the skills and, and techniques that they need to learn. So there's cannulation arms, there's immobilization equipment, and there's a couple of, uh, of our new mannequins here which are um, pretty, pretty decent specification. 
How would you describe these mannequins? So mannequins from a company called CAE, they also do flight simulators and then they've branched out into medical equipment as well. This is a, a advanced life support level a mannequin and it does a lot of stuff which some of the, the higher fidelity mannequins do as well. We've got uh, two uh, children simulators and two infant as well and a midwifery birthing simulator which we'll see mm. later on in the tour when we go to the midwifery room. Excellent. Okay, great. Let's move on. Yep. So this is Jackie, our incredible receptionist. Jackie's an absolute star. Say hi, Jackie. Hi there. Jackie knows precisely what's going on in the building at any given time. Yeah. So anyone gets stuck, go and speak to Jackie. Jackie is the nerve center of, uh, <laughs> of the simulation center. Thanks, Jackie. Welcome to our immersive simulation suite, or the immersive classroom. So you can hear from the change in the audio quality. Uh, this is a, a different kind of a space. This is a very much a, a 270 degree projection so that we can uh, essentially transport the learners to any um, kind of environment within reason that might be relevant to their level of training. Yeah, the, the image isn't the best on here. Obviously, we've got a screen recording a screen. So the, uh, the colors that you can see are going across the screen aren't actually visible. And uh, this works best when the, light, the rest of the lights are off, but we can uh, project pretty much any clinical environment or non-clinical as well. So we can do pre-hospital settings. Yeah, exactly. And we and can transform this space into uh, any environment. You could essentially do the whole patient pathway from pre-hospital to ED admission, ward admission, up into the OR or operating room and uh, back to the ward, discharge back into the community, all in one space. I think these, these kinds of rooms are becoming kind of feature of simulation centers, um, you know, in contemporary simulation centers. We're seeing these more and more pop up, um, you know, across, across the sector. So a useful space, uh, definitely useful and uh, something the students do quite enjoy as well. So one of the things that, the challenges that we had with this space before we did the redevelopment project is because we didn't have the SMOT system in, you had to have everyone in the room. So we'll now go to a debrief space where we'll be able to show you what it's like to, to view things remotely. Yeah, exactly, come this way. So this is one of the briefing and debrief spaces that we, uh, I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. So what we can see in here is effectively a flat classroom, multi-purpose space. But what it does allow us to do is to stream the activity, the simulation activity that's taking place in some of the other rooms. Now, fortunately, uh, the energy saving uh, technology has Beautiful. turned the screen off, oh, which, there is, we go, finally. which is perfect. Um, but yeah, so what we can see here, top right, we can see Cabell House that we were in uh, to start with. And then at the, on the sort of top left uh, and the bottom left and bottom right are a couple of the, the, the rooms that we'll show you uh, later on in this tour. Um, this is one of the rooms we're going to show you in just a minute, which is very much one of the general purpose skill spaces. Hard floors, lots of space, lots of opportunity to do with it what you want. You can see we've got our debrief model here up on the whiteboard. We mentioned our debrief in a previous episode, which is up in the top right hand corner of the link. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, couple with the, the debriefing model available in all of these spaces so that, you know, whether, you see, whether you're an ex expert or novice simulation educator, you've got a nice little debriefing model and aid memoir there if you need it. 
Um, we'll take you now down to the, the, the basement floor of this building to show you some more of the, the specialist and the general purpose spaces. Let's go. Okay, welcome to Cavill Ward. Uh, what the NHS wouldn't do for this level of bed occupancy at the moment, uh, I don't know, but this is a six bed ward. This used to be only a three bed ward, uh, and since the refurbishment, there's been a significant upgrade to, the, to this area, um, including upgrading all of the dado railing, installing kind of the, the, this, the lighting kind of spec that you would expect to find in an area like this, and also increasingly the mannequins living in these beds so that they're ready for simulation at any time. But as you can see, I think, it's very much got a much more ward-like look and feel. Um, so for our nursing programs, and we've got you know, several hundred nursing students on programs at the moment, this is gonna feel like a, a familiar environment, particularly probably for the, the adult nurses. Um, and yeah, and a, and a fully immersive environment to allow them to practice skills in a familiar yeah, setting. Yeah, we do everything from part-task training. We might do sort of basic manual handling training in the very introductory of their first year of study, right through up to complex multi-patient scenarios in a, in a large critical incident day, which yes. we're going to be coming back to in another podcast. Yes, absolutely. We're looking forward to that special guest uh, coming up soon and to talk through that experience and, and what that was like. So if we just come through um, here to... This next space, which is definitely one for um, for me to talk about, for Tony to talk about. <laughs> so this is the operating theatre or Crevel Critical Care. So we're again mindful that it needs to be multi-use space. But at one end we can set up an operating theatre. We've got the lights in the ceiling. We've got scrub sink one side, and you can see we've got a, a simulated procedure going on here. And down the other end, we've got two bed bays but they also have patient monitoring systems in called iSimulates and it's essentially an iPad and another iPad and when they're turned on they will replicate a patient monitoring system which then can be operated either on the fly or programmed by instructors and then we can then simulate critical care patients. Yeah, we, when, we ran, uh, when Jason ran his major incident day um, a few months back, these blue curtains also uh, served as the ambulance entrance into the critical care or to the emergency department area. Uh, so yeah, there is the degree of flexibility in how we use these spaces, uh, as well as them being kind of specialist areas. Um, we should probably carry on. Yeah. So this is one of our general purpose clinical skill spaces. And again, adaptability is key here. So there's actually two rooms that we can combine into one with a partition wall. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's really useful spaces. This is the general purpose skill space, as Tony was saying. We've got a large space here, which we can house probably in excess of 20 to 30 learners doing table-based clinical skills. Uh, and there are two more rooms of a similar size to this in the very top floor of the, of the building. On the second floor, two equivalent spaces like this one. Yeah, it's important to just note that we can't show you every room today because the Sim Centre is actually in use and, and several other rooms are being used for teaching purposes and of course we're not going to disturb that part of the tour. Yeah, but we've taken the opportunity today while we've got a few things set up because we've had a, uh, an outreach day today. Oh, and someone's been watching Simcast in here. Um, what are the chances? Don't forget to click and subscribe. So um, what we'll also do is we'll, we'll take the opportunity to follow through to this, this next room that's attached. Um, and this is one of our, another one of our purpose-built uh, or purpose 
recommissioned um, debriefing briefing spaces. So this actually is a room that's capable of probably hosting somewhere in the order of 40 to 50 students uh, and with the idea being that they can come and uh, observe the simulation taking place in other rooms um, and that means that we can have observing learners taking part in the simulation uh, as well as the ones actively participating in the sim. Again, we've been plagued with power saving mode. We did have everything set up, but we're at the end of the day and everything's far too efficient and uh, is being turned off. <clears throat> but again, you can get an idea of, you've got observer learners in a debris space, watching things unfold on the screens. You've got your in, in debrief room facilitator here, taking down notes and actions, perhaps on, on one of these two boards, um, thinking about jotting down points. Uh, what we've really found about this is that the learners really appreciate the opportunity to be remote. Um, we thought initially that they might slightly resent not being involved directly all of the time. And actually, what they've started to tell us is that they really value the opportunity to be remote learners because it gives them that kind of, I don't know, zoomed out look of everything that's going on and the chance to... Fly on the wall. The fly on the wall yeah. and, you know, and, and discuss. And, and that was one of the things when I first started facilitating simulation remotely is everyone was starting to talk and I was getting a little bit like, oh gosh, you're not listening. And then I realized that they were, they were actively engaging in you know, their own perspective on what was happening uh, in the simulation. So, so yeah, a really effective way of engaging learners. And uh, we've got two rooms that are identical to this that are just a mirror image of each other basically next door. Um, and this is increasingly how we're delivering larger amounts of our simulation because this enables us to do simulation at scale. Yeah, I think one thing for me is we're probably a little bit short of debris spaces. And again, that's part of the reason is because we've had to redevelop the building, but we can use our general purpose skill spaces at a push as debris spaces as well because the mm. SMOTS technology is available in each of the, the, each of the rooms. So again, it's that adaptability and flexibility which we've had to particularly think about, bearing in mind we're re repurposing a building. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's keep this moving. Um, we'll go this way. I think the next thing that we'd like to show you is actually um, one of the two prep rooms. So, None of the, the simulation happens without the phenomenal support of the uh, simulation technicians and support team. Uh, and they operate often out of sight, uh, but never out of mind uh, for us, because actually if it wasn't for these guys, and here they are, um, it would be impossible to run simulation. So this is Josh, and then uh, we've also got Jack. So these are two of the five um, simulation technicians that we've got here that we've spoken about previously on the podcast. Uh, can you just guys just sort of tell us roughly yeah, the sure sorts of thing. things you do behind the scenes? So we basically manage the entire logistics for skills and simulation uh, here in ECB. So we go from anything from the procurement of new equipment, which includes sort of the research and development into new stuff, um, to buying stuff, to getting it here in the prep room, storing it, maintaining it, managing it, making sure that we've got enough of everything for you folks, um, working with staff to ensure they receive adequate tra training on the uh, just the simulation hardware. So for example, these SWATS cameras behind mm. you, um, that's a system that we provide training on so alongside. These, these are the mobile trolleys that work alongside the fixed solutions so that we can get different views. And we've got six body cams as well, haven't we? Yes. And each of the technicians has got an area of specialism that they, they primarily focus on and look at. 
Yes, so I'm, I am the tech media lead, so I am responsible for smart cameras, rapid move systems, and also providing training on the media PC as well. And we just basically try and tie all of this together to ensure both a smooth operation of the simulation centre and just to make sure the students get the best possible experience that they can. And not always easy. Not always easy, hey Jack. <laughs> not always smooth. What, what do you think the cha what are the main challenges? Do you think for the the simulation technician team? Uh, there's quite a few. Um, everything from space management to just getting a booking early enough to be able to plan out, make sure it doesn't clash with other equipment. Mm. Multiple, multiple moving parts. Multiple isn't there? moving parts, yeah. all moving at the same time all in different directions. Yeah. For us, communication is key. So not only communicating within our team, but also communication with academics as well. Yeah. It's really important that we make sure that's as smooth and tightening as possible. Great. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much, guys. Guys, thank, thank you, you so much. You're all right, should we head this way then? Yep. All right, we'll go and check out one of the, um, one of the two midwifery spaces that, they have, that there is. So this is a general purpose clinical skills space, but it's a little bit different because when we work with a project team, we had to actually lower the level of the floor. And this is to mitigate flood risk because the midwifery team wanted the ability to do pool evacuations with pools filled with water because yeah. you can't get more realistic than actually dealing with someone in a, in a real water environment. It's really difficult to do that with just a pool with nothing in it. Yeah, so they put the pool about here, fill it, and then do those evacuations in real time. Some of the lecturing team gets stuck in, get in the water, uh, and sort of you know see what it really feels like for them to do that. Um, and yeah, of course, you know that the bund wall effectively prevents the building from getting flooded in the event of actually needing to rapidly empty the pool. Uh, because you know if a for real incident happens in the pool, then you know we'll need to tip that out and get that empty pretty quick. So yeah, so that's, so that's this space here. Um, but as Tony says, also multi-purpose. So if we need to do other kinds of skills or resuscitation or some other kind of exercise in here, it's a blank canvas for us to be able to do with, you know, whatever is needed. Um, I do. So a final um, specialist space that we have is our second midwifery specialist space. Now this, again, has some kind of familiar components. It's the same blue flooring, it's the dado raining, it's the medical grade lights, but also a resuscitaire um, and a, a very high spec uh, midwifery and birthing mannequin. Yeah, this is a bit of special kit, isn't it? It can do all things from things like shoulder dystocia to postpartum hemorrhage and there's some all kinds of wizardry mechanics and stuff on the inside. What you can also do with this piece of equipment, which we don't actually have yet, is it works with augmented reality. So you can actually have your learners put on some Microsoft HoloLenses and see what's actually happening mm. inside, which is really, really clever. And it's a, perhaps a way that simulation is moving forward. It's really good. This, this mannequin will, will quite literally give birth to, to the baby that's inside will do shoulder dystocia, uh, a breech delivery, um, and can be programmed to do that over anything from 20 minutes, wouldn't that be nice, uh, up to hours. So that simulation can run and run and be really immersive and really reflective of what it's really like um, for, for people to give birth. <laughs> oh, everyone's been doing such a good job. We, put, we went round and turned all of the lights on so it's ready to go and all of the cleaning team have turned everything off. Say la vie. 
Okay, so I'll just quickly nip down here a second. And um, so this is a 200-seater lecture theatre. Obviously, it was always here and uh, was used primarily for lectures and seminars. And whilst it still has that functionality, we can use it as a massive debrief space, which is fantastic because we have, particularly with our larger events, we involve whole cohorts of students simultaneously. And we will talk to you, to you again uh, about that in one of our podcasts when we have our, our guest, Jason, who, who organized a, a very large scale critical care day for our nursing cohorts. But in just the same way that we showed you the, um, the, the, the simulation rooms being streamed to the debriefing spaces, we can do exactly the same thing in here. And you know, being able to involve 200 learners effectively directly in a simulation as remote learners is, is really transformed the way that we can do simulation here. Um, so this brings our little tour of the Edith Cavill building at Norwich to a close. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that it's maybe given you some ideas about um, ways that you might develop your own simulation centre. Yeah, so give us a comment below on what you think of the Sim Centre and whether you think we've done a good job or whether you think there's uh, anything else we need to include. Yeah. And of course, when our learners aren't debriefing in simulation, they are always watching the latest episode of Simcast. <laughs>